0: Welcome to the Undefeated podcast with Sarah. Did you know that you don't need to live feeling defeated in any area of your life? I believe a huge part of us learning to live from the place of victory is learning to see from God's perspective and discern what's heaven's agenda in this particular season in your life and in the world around you. In this podcast, we will practice discerning what God is doing, both regarding our individual journeys and corporately, so that we can partner with him in seeing his kingdom come and will be done right now on earth as it is in heaven and live our lives undefeated. We just celebrated Thanksgiving here in the U.S. yesterday, which I think is such a great holiday. I love all the turkey and pie eating. But beyond all that, it's just a beautiful time to remind ourselves to be thankful. I personally think all countries should have a Thanksgiving holiday just to center our hearts in thankfulness and remind ourselves of who God is. And um, I was actually thinking of taking a break today from recording this podcast, but then I so strongly felt like God was speaking to me during this weekend about a few things related to thankfulness and the character of God that I really wanted to briefly share this with you today because I think the enemy often tries to convince us that we are being fake if we express thankfulness in the midst of grieving or emotional turmoil or challenging circumstances. But the truth is that thankfulness is not a feeling, it's actually a choice and it's the posture of our hearts and that it actually leads us into God's presence. It leads us to the gates of the Lord, like it says in Psalm 100 and verse 4, uh, goes that, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. And the Passion Translation says the same verse that you can pass through his open gates with the password of praise. Come right into his presence with thanksgiving. Come, bring your thank offering to him and affectionately bless his beautiful name. I love that verse so much. I love all the different translations of that verse. I I love the whole concept how thankfulness, thanksgiving actually leads us into the very presence of God. And how we can actually choose thankfulness in every circumstance. And I believe that the thankfulness actually, it, it like it creates the gateway for the presence of God to come, no matter what's happening in our circumstance, and you know, even that we can actually choose thankfulness even while we are grieving over some things at the same time, and and it's actually in the midst of grief and trials and all of that where we need thankfulness the most because it protects our hearts from becoming bitter and calloused. And and most importantly, because it it literally opens our hearts to God's presence, that it it creates a gateway for our hearts to get connected with the presence of God. And I think we all have heard the verse in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, where it says that, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Or the Passion Translation says that, and in the midst of everything, be always giving thanks, for this is God's perfect plan for you in Christ Jesus. And you know, I think I've been talking about thankfulness in some of the previous episodes too. And and I think I also already talked about the fact that this verse is not telling us to give thanks for every circumstance. We don't need to be thankful for everything that's happening around us. But there is an invitation and opportunity to give thanks in the midst of all circumstances. and And I believe that The reason why it says here that it's God's perfect plan for us and it's God's will for us, like NIV says, is that God knows that we actually need to be giving thanks because we need to create that pathway for the presence of God to enter into our hearts and to keep our hearts soft, especially when we are walking through challenging things and difficult things and painful things. And so it doesn't mean that we should be pretending that everything is great and everything is awesome. And I've personally had a quite a tough season with some unexpected health challenges. And in all honesty, I spent part of the Thanksgiving Day just grieving and crying, but the beauty in walking with the Lord is that He is in the middle of all of that, and and that He actually mourns with us and cries with us. He knows what pain is. I like it says in Isaiah fifty three. I'll actually I want to read this to from verse three to five. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. Wow, this is the gospel. This is the good news that, yeah, first of all, Jesus knows what pain is. Jesus knows what suffering is but that he actually took all our pain he took all of our sin all of our sickness and and he carried all of that to the cross and and he he took the full punishment so that we would actually have peace and and it's because of him uh, that that we get to actually abide in that place of connection with the Father, that there, we don't need to be separate from Him. And, and even when we, are, when we are walking through those you know things in this world that are painful, that because of Jesus, even in the midst of all of that, we actually can find that place of connection with the Lord, and and that we don't need to stay alone or stuck in that place of pain and like i said before like i believe that thanksgiving really is one of those keys that the, it opens the gateway for jesus to come and in like really enter into those places of pain in our lives and and that thanksgiving actually keeps our hearts tender and soft and and, and I believe that even uh like one of the biggest hindrances and traps for us as humans to like keep us away from that place of uh our connection with God and from the place of authentic thanksgiving is when the enemy tries to make us question God's character and the enemy starts, uh, you know, telling us lies that, that, hey, are you sure you can trust God? And, and the enemy tries to make us believe that God is a liar, when in fact, the enemy is the one who is the liar and the thief. And, and I, um, I believe that that's something that, um, God is really, wanting us to uh, be so uh, rooted and grounded in knowing His character, that that actually uh, keeps us in that place of thanksgiving, that we will never forget what Jesus has done for us, that Jesus has already proven to us that our Father loves us, and that god's plans and purposes towards us are so faithful and and that we know that it's the enemy who has been the liar from the very beginning and and he's the one who always has tried to make humans question God's goodness and God's faithfulness like in in Genesis when the serpent told Eve that, you know, has God really said and tried to make Eve question what God has said and who God is and question God's motives. And I actually want to read this from Genesis 1 to 5. It says that now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat from the tree that is in the middle of the garden and you must not touch it or you will die. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And we all know the story, how, you know, the serpent, like I said, first made Eve question God's truthfulness and God's goodness. And and the same that like he's doing trying to do to all the humans saying like like maybe maybe god did lie to you or maybe you can't trust his word or maybe god is holding something good from you and we know how the story goes like how the questioning of god's goodness and and questioning of god's motives that actually that leads into disobedience and disconnection from God's heart, when all along God's motives towards us have always been loving and kind, and 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 that God is not holding anything good from us. Like God's plans and purposes for the mankind have always been just full of love, and and I feel like in this past season the enemy has been working overtime to make people question god's character, god's goodness and question god's promises. And I just want to shout it to every fiber of our beings that god is not a liar. Let that sink in. God is not a liar, that he is faithful and he is true he's trustworthy and that our hearts and our spirits need to be so grounded in that truth that nothing will make us question his good- goodness and his faithfulness even in the midst of pain and trials and challenges and and i feel like this theme ah. Uh, that god's been highlighting so strongly is that uh like we need to know uh the character of the character of god uh like never before and be so rooted and grounded in that and and i actually want to read over over your hearts and over your spirits a few scriptures i think sometimes we know all, all these things in our like you know, in our heads, and uh, we have the knowledge. We know the verses, but I feel like some of these things just need to sink into our hearts, sink into our spirits in a fresh way. That God is not a liar, and I'm I'm just gonna read a few verses. So, first of all, from Numbers twenty three nineteen, and these are all from NIV. Says that God is not human that he should lie, not a human being, that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? And Psalm 89, uh, verses 34 to 35. I will not violate my covenant or alter what my lips have uttered. Once for all, I have sworn by my holiness, and I will not lie to David. So those were God's words. And from 1 Samuel 15, 29. He who is the glory of Israel does not lie or change his mind, for he is not a human being that he should change his mind. And from... Titus 1 1 to 3. Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to further the faith of God's elect and the knowledge of the truth that leads to godliness, in the hope of eternal life, which God, who does not lie, promised before the beginning of time, and which now at his appointed season he has brought to light. Through the preaching entrusted to me by the command of God our Savior. And one more from Hebrews six, seventeen to twenty. Because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose very clear to the ears of what was promised. He confirmed it with an oath. God did this so that by two unchangeable things in which It is impossible for God to lie. We who have let to take hold of the hope set before us may be greatly encouraged. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters in the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where our forerunner Jesus has entered on our behalf. He has become a high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. Come on, it's impossible for God to lie. And I recently read this quote by Graham Cook. Uh, I want to read that to you as well. It says that promises are relational. They depend upon how we view the people making them. We do not look at the situation containing the problem. We look at the heart of the one who has spoken the promise. And I this is brilliant. I, I love this whole concept that promises are relational and and that it's actually not about the promise. It uh, the power of promise is not in the size of the promise or the type of the promise or uh, timing of the promise. But the power of the promise actually depends on the person who gave the promise. And uh, that like it says that we look at the heart of the one who has spoken the promise, that that's, that's where the power lies and and that we know um like Hebrews ten twenty three says that let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful, that we actually we know that God is a uh, not just the promise giver but he's the promise keeper, and that we can actually trust his faithfulness because he does not lie. Like God cannot. Uh, lie that's that's not part that's not even possible for him because it's not part of his character and um i just <laughs> read this on uh christine kane's uh social media i think on her instagram post and i was just so excited because i was like oh my gosh i can't believe how god is highlighting this same theme through so many different ways, and that was actually partly the reason why I decided to record this podcast today, but uh, I, I'm just going to read this, so uh, she wrote that, I know this year has had a number of unexpected frustrations, disappointments, and challenges. So many of us are coming to the end of the year with more questions than answers, If there's anything I've learned about walking through difficult seasons, it's that our gratitude isn't limited for life's rosiest moments. There is a remarkable beauty to experiencing gratitude in the most unlikely places. I hope you find hope and encouragement from these words that she's quoting from Proper Woman today. And I'll, I'll read that part of the writing too. So it says, Lately, the idea of gratitude has often felt elusive or out of reach. Even though we've been told we need to have a mindset of gratitude, adopting an attitude of gratitude can feel unnatural as we navigate so much change and uncertainty. But what if gratitude isn't just an emotion we force ourselves to feel? What if gratitude isn't an obligation, but an invitation? Gratitude is not simply a feeling that comes and goes. It is a posture we are invited to embrace that supersedes the changing nature of our circumstances. This posture allows us to hold on to the never-changing promises, character and presence of God Through every twist and turn of our lives. In discovering that posture once again, we may just receive a deeper and unexpected closeness with our Father God. As you walk into this holiday season, resist the pressure to twist yourself into gratitude. Allow yourself the grace to rediscover and relearn the rhythms of gratitude once more. Wow, I love that. And, and I love how that's so similar to uh, the things that I felt the Lord speak to me during these past few days as well. And, um, and the whole idea that thankfulness and gratitude, it's actually not just a feeling or emotion, but uh, it's actually a posture of our hearts and and that it connects us to God's presence and and that it's actually our thankfulness that invites the holy spirit to come and um and fill every place in our lives and and that we can actually uh create that pathway for the holy spirit to come through our thankfulness and and there's an old song that says that a thankful heart prepares a way for you, my God. And and I believe that that's what the Lord is wanting to do right now in this season, that he is uh, wanting to, uh, first of all, like kind of combat all the lies of the enemy, all the places where the enemy has tried to come and make us question God's character, even in like slimy ways and sneaky ways that maybe we haven't even noticed that that's what's been going on that the enemy has tried to tell you that that maybe God's a liar maybe God is not faithful to you after all maybe his promises aren't true after all and and maybe you haven't thought about that on a conscious level but maybe there's been something like eating up uh subconsciously eating up your faith and um uh, and your hope for the future and and I just feel like God is restoring that trust and, and just, he's wanting to manifest his heart and his character in ways that, um, yeah, that there is, uh, there's no place, there's no space for you to ever doubt, ever doubt his character and, um, And just taking all of us back into that place of uh, reminding us of the cross, that it it was at the cross where God proved His faithfulness, where God proved His character, that He is love, and that there's nothing that can separate us from His love, and that He is faithful, and He is true, and that He's for you, and He's with you. And yeah, Jesus, we just thank you right now. We posture our hearts in that place of thankfulness. We, We thank you for your unchanging nature, your unchanging character, that you are always faithful, you are always true, you are always loving, you're always kind, that that is who you are. Yeah, God, we thank you for who you are. Yeah, you are such a good father, you're such a good God. There's nobody like you and our Lord, I, I just ask that you would uh, pour out your healing palm, your healing oil in those places of pain, whether it's uh, physical pain or emotional pain. I thank you, Jesus, that you have already paid the price for all of our pain, all of our sickness. And, and I, I thank you in advance for everything that you, uh, you are restoring in this season. Yeah, and, and Lord, we we just thank you that we can fully trust you, we can fully lean on you, we can fully rely on you, that your plans and your purposes are so good. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, and Holy Spirit, we give you permission to remind us uh, of the goodness of God every moment of every day, that we don't uh, just remember to be thankful during Thanksgiving or once a year, Lord, that that we would be people of thankfulness, that we would live from that place of thankfulness every day. Yeah, thank you, God. Thank you, God. We thank you for who you are. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Have such a wonderful week and wonderful holiday season.